Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The Golf Show with Brian Katrick. He's been the talk of the course today with his huge drives. And Ali Dean. I really am rugged with this. It's early Sunday morning. The sun is coming up. I'm on the tee at 7. I'm here to try my luck. They say this game's a tough one, but I'll give it my best shot. Though the bunkers look like beaches and the greens like parking lots. Oh, Lord. Big match coming up. I'm going to be being a caddy. What am I going to do? Why don't you try him a little left? And why don't you try back up? Give me just a little room. Help me keep my head down. Save me from those double bogey blues. Golf requires goofy pants and a fat ass. You know, you don't deserve any credit hitting the ball with that swing of yours. Try to hit one with my It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole. Save me from those double bogey blues. A happy Sunday morning to you. It is a championship Sunday. It's the golf show on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Uh, we're gonna before before Ollie Dean and I officially speak. I've got to make. A, I'm Brian Katrick, by the way. Special coded message to Derek Thomas. Derek Thomas. Omaha, the box is working. Let's go there. <laughs> Let's go, go there. There it is. Wow. Am I on the box? I don't. Good morning, it, Ollie. I don't think anybody knows what Omaha means now. There, there's, yes. There's no, but the, <laughs> Omaha. <laughs> Much better. Omaha, we're going to run left. We're going to run left. Is that not the best commercial? The one with all the all the Peytons in it. Yeah, it's very very. Where they all react to uh, him saying Omaha. I just, I could watch that commercial more times than I have to see all the different reactions from all the different patents. When, when specifically on the Omaha line, because yeah. you know, there's one, the one really close to the camera is really, really fired up about it. <laughs> you know, there's a couple that are confused by it. Uh, yeah, so, very entertaining good. family. And in fact, I watched a little bit of the PGA Championship ESPN Plus coverage um, with Joe Buck and Michael Collins. And the yes. most entertaining part is when Eli and Peyton are just needling each other like brothers do. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's. Uh, I'm glad they tried. I'm glad we're thinking outside the box for coverage ideas. Uh, I have been, over the years, a part of lots of supplemental coverage ideas, lots of those Lots of those thoughts. Um, you know, the thing about the Manning cast right now is you had two funny guys that played the game, you know, two guys that were in it. And that's really hard to duplicate. And they're trying to duplicate it. So I don't mind them trying, but we have to be ready for them to fail. We have to be, a, we have to be ready to appreciate that, hey, Peyton and Eli just happen to be 
they fall into this very small little niche, and not everybody can do this, and not every sport is going to have it work, and I haven't seen a second of it, uh, as you can imagine. So in that case, all I'm getting is what social media thinks about it, and they hate it because they hate everything. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, But I, if, if somehow it, it isn't as good as the football one, how could it be? Those guys are fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you've got two Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks talking about the game they played at the highest level and very successfully and doing it in an incredibly entertaining way because they're brothers, and so there's going to be great stories. Uh, like you, I give ESPN credit um, and the PGA Championship for trying this, um, but certainly it's uh, it's a work in progress, and, and that's good. Yeah. All right, PGA Championship going on this week, going on right now. We are waiting for the final round. Mito Pereira is going to have a three-shot lead over Matt Fitzpatrick and Will Zalatoris. And if you haven't heard of some of those guys, we understand. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick did win the U.S. Amateur. Will Zalatoris played at Wake. Neither Will nor Mito has ever won on the PGA Tour. Uh, Pereira is a PGA Tour rookie. Zalatoris... If he's not a rookie, then he was officially a rookie last year. He had that weird thing where he wasn't officially a member, even though he was up in the top 50 in the world and was playing in majors. That This is a quirk in the membership rules. It doesn't matter. Yeah, he was a rookie last year because he's the reigning uh, PGA Tour Rookie of the Year. Well, that's how you would know. <laughs> That's exactly how they do that. That's why I get the big bucks here. <laughs> but it, so it was the year before when he made a, a nice run at the Masters and he wasn't officially a PGA Tour member and he couldn't get in the playoffs and social media was upset about that. The problem is you're going to take you're going to give him a spot, which sure looked like he deserved. Who are you going to take the spot from? Because there's a person that started at the start line and played the whole season and got close to the finish line, and now you're going to tell me that that guy can't play because this other kid was going to take his spot. Uh, I thought if anything that year you're supposed to uh, you're supposed to add a spot and play 126 in the playoffs. They didn't want to do that. This is all very inside baseball right now. Will Zalatoris is contending in another major. He's doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing. Uh, he is a PGA Tour member. We, if you'd have listened closely at the time, you weren't even on the show at the time. The prevailing opinion from the golf experts, me, was this will sort itself out, and here it is sorting itself out. Cameron Young is up there. Abraham Answer, Seamus Power. You got a lot of young names, Ollie, at the top of this leaderboard. And I mean, right now, there's no reason why you can't imagine one of those guys winning their first major championship today. No. Let me ask you this from a standpoint of just is it perception or reality that the PGA Championship tends to crown more kind of unknown first time winner kind of status than any other major championship? Uh, it's perception because you get that. I think you get just as many at the British Open than you do uh, the, as you do here. Uh, you definitely don't see it at the Masters because those folks don't get into the Masters. Uh, Masters is a shorter field and it's got a lot of past champions. So past champions in and of themselves have already won it. Uh, the U.S. Open is is open. Actually, it's the most open of all of the majors. More than half of the field is open to qualifiers. Yet that story just doesn't wind up playing itself out, does it? I don't know why that is. It could just be the toughness of the setup. But uh, just uh, you do see it though at the British Open, uh, and you do see it at this PGA Championship. So you know Ben Curtis won the British in his oh. first major championship start. Yeah, but then he won three times on tour. Everybody needs to leave Ben Curtis alone. 
Well, just because he's from Ohio. Well, look, Mito Pereira is going to win multiple times on tour. Will Zalatoris is going to win multiple times on tour. Cameron Young's going to win on tour. Uh, Abraham Answers already won. Seamus Powers already won on tour. Yeah, but I'm tired of Ben Crane getting lumped, or Ben Curtis, I'm sorry, getting lumped in with Sean McKeel. I mean, Ben Curtis had a very solid PGA Tour career. Yeah, but he won in his first major championship start. The point is there's supposed to be atmosphere that, that weeds out that sort of stuff. You know, you're, you're, not, you're supposed to be in your own head, and though you have the skills to compete, you're not supposed to believe it, and the major championship aura is supposed to weed you out. Uh, it didn't happen then. It didn't happen when Todd Hamilton won over there. It definitely didn't happen. Of course, Sean McKeel was more seasoned than either one of those two, uh, but it didn't happen with McKeel either. It didn't happen to Keegan Bradley at the Atlanta Athletic Club. Uh, that was definitely his first PGA championship. I think that may have been his first major championship start. Uh, he didn't get caught up in it. They're getting old, younger nowadays. And yeah, this year's point. leader, yeah, this year's leaderboard is a perfect example of that. I'm, I'm looking at a bunch of big names in the game, but they don't have the resume. There, they don't have major championships. So I, I think you're looking at two majors where you see that. And two majors where you don't. Uh, don't I can't actually explain it for the U.S. Open. But, I mean, the British Open obviously get weather draws from time to time. Interestingly enough, boy, did we have one of those this week. Yes. If, if, if you went late early, you got utterly hosed. Uh, there were only five players in the late early draw that were under par after two rounds. I think there were there were 25 total players or 26 total players. So clearly like a three-to-one ratio of the other wave. Uh, that They got blasted, Ali. It was a terrible, just terrible luck. It reminded me um, of a British Open draw like you mentioned, but it also reminded me of how well Justin Thomas played at the Players' Championship with a bad draw down there. And he played outstanding, minus six in that group that you described, but then yesterday just could not get it going. And and you felt like he was hitting the ball better than anybody else because of what he endured with the weather and, and just couldn't take it to the course yesterday. Yeah, yeah, and it's a good call at the Players' Championship because I asked John Cook, who I'm working with this week, I said, when was the last time you saw a weather draw you know, it, like this? And and I've assumed the answer was going to be a British Open. Uh, and he had, you know, the, he had a bunch of those. But the last time he saw a weather draw this distinct – where there was this clear of an advantage, it was actually this year's Players' Championship. Late, early that that week, it took like three days for the uh, for the late group on Thursday to finish their first round. We were still playing the first round on Sunday, or maybe uh, maybe maybe they finished it on Saturday. But uh, so a bit of a mess. But yes, all credit to Justin Thomas for the attitude he had by saying somebody's got to have the best round in this wave, and it's going to be me. Or it may as well be me. And lo and behold, it was him. And now he's got a chance to win a second major championship because of it. Speaking of attitude, uh, one of the names that we are not mentioning that I think everyone would have thought would have been at least near the top of the leaderboard is Scotty Scheffler. Um, surprising that he did not make the cut. Um, golf is hard. It's tough to keep momentum week to week. But the thing that surprised me most was the frustration that he showed on the golf course. That's a side of Scotty Scheffler that I have not seen at all. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm only guessing here. Uh, I happened to work last week. Scotty Scheffler played a home game last week in Dallas. He didn't win. Played well, didn't win. Missed everything. Uh, these guys have said over and over again that uh, 
mo- most of them would rather not play an event in their hometown. Again, they talk about it just being a little more stressful. All right, now this is golf, right? So we got to take this with a grain of salt. But these are the best players in the world. They've said it over and over again. So he played an event in his hometown, a little stressful, didn't win. So what? Uh, then you come here, you come to a completely different golf course. Now, he has said that Southern Hills is his favorite golf course. He won, uh, he won, I believe, the conference championship when he was at Texas here at Southern Hills back in college. He's been talking about Southern Hills for a long time. Uh, but you're the reigning Masters champion. You're the only guy eligible to win the single-season Grand Slam. People are actually talking about that. Uh, I guess you combine that with last week, you get a little overstressed. Uh, you hit some bad shots. Everybody hits bad shots. I guess it's a big combination of all of that stuff. I'll, that's I guess. But you're right. I've not seen him. And you saw he took one of the clubs and he slammed it down in the bag. He was he was mad. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Um, certainly frustrating. Certainly, I think he had high expectations based on his history there. The fact that, to your point, um, self-professed it's his favorite golf course on the planet. And I think in a practice round, he came up and shot 63. So he had to feel pretty confident coming in and then didn't didn't perform. Um, that happens. But I, I truly was surprised by the, the show of frustration that he just seems like that even keeled, nothing gets to him kind of guy. And uh, everybody in that group seems to, uh, Colin Morikawa even showed frustration. I've never even seen him show frustration before. You know, these aren't Terrell Hatton. You know, we're not we're not following him around. So it was kind of surprising to see the the show of emotion that we saw. Yeah, Terrell Hatton, very entertainingly frustrated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that. I, I tell you what, but we talk about the youth on the leaderboard. You get to you know minus twos. You got three major champions: Stewart Sink, Justin Thomas, Bubba Watson. And if anyone in Atlanta is not rooting for Stuart Singh today, shame on you. That is one of the nicest guys in the world of golf, great ambassador for the game here in Atlanta. And, uh, man, my fingers are crossed he has a great round today. It was his birthday yesterday. I believe he just turned 49. Pretty sure he's 49. He's not 50. Um, but uh, And I think he was already 48. I think he just turned 49. And he's got his son on the bag. I've, I've told Stuart this to his face. I want to be Stuart when I grow up. Uh, he is exactly the type of human being you want to be. You want your children to be. It's the type of person you want to associate with. Uh, you, I, you talked about it before the show. Wouldn't it be great to see Stuart Sink get a major of his own? And yes, he has one, but as you pointed out, he, he, he beat Tom Watson in a playoff. The whole world was rooting for Tom Watson. Uh, the whole world won't be rooting for Matt Fitzpatrick. Or Mito Pereira, there isn't there isn't a beloved figure uh, on this leaderboard like like Tom Watson at 58 years old that, that would ruin this for Stewart Sink. And go back to th- 2001. Stewart apparently is a, is a bit of a Southern Hills specialist. U.S. Open 2001. He missed the playoff by a shot. Missed a short and- putt on 18, I believe. Yes, he missed a uh, was inside three feet, and the whole point was he's playing in the last group with Retief Goosen. Uh, that week, interestingly enough, they had run all the greens at a certain speed, but they told the competitors we're going to run nine and eighteen a little slower because nine and eighteen had more slope. This is before the Gilhans renovation. They still have more slope, but they had dramatically more slope than any other greens on the course. They're right there next to each other, and they told these the competitors, "Look, in order to." In order to keep these greens playable, we're going to have to run them a little slower, and you may notice that. Uh, All right, so you thought this could be a big factor in the event. Well, it wasn't. 
On 18 on Sunday, there were only three three putts for the entire field. Three. Mark Brooks had three putted earlier in the day. He would wind up going into a playoff. If he two putts, he won. Uh, Retief Goosen would wind up three putting. Two putts, he wins outright. He would go on to win in the playoff. And Stuart Sink three putted. And if he two putts, he gets in the playoff and he could have won. All three three putts from, were from guys that could have won the golf tournament. Stuart misses his birdie putt, which he thinks he needs. He knows Retief has got 15 feet for birdie, two putts to win the golf tournament outright. Stewart's just trying to get out of the way, steps around to tap in the little two-and-a-half-footer. It misses. Mm. It wasn't even that heartbreaking because Retief still had 15 feet. He's probably going to make this. Retief steps up, misses the 15-footer, coming the other direction. He took his time because his was three feet coming back, didn't even hit the hole. <laughs> And all of a sudden, as bad as you felt for Retief, and they cut they immediately CBS cut to Mark Brooks, who was in the locker room packing up. It wasn't CBS; it was NBC. They cut to Mark Brooks packing up in the locker room. All of a sudden, hey, wait, wait a minute, you're coming back tomorrow. I felt terrible for Stewart. Like, hang on, yeah, Retief just missed a three footer that would have won, but Stewart just missed a two footer that would have had him come back. So. Maybe a story of redemption for Stuart Sink. I know he doesn't think that way, but uh, you never know. Well, he's, he's in that group. I'm pulling for him. Nicest guy in the world of golf. But the other two major champions of minus two, Justin Thomas, we've talked about earlier. Bubba Watson has to be a surprise on this leaderboard. Kind of came out Bubba of nowhere. Watson. He's a surprise to Bubba. So uh, Bubba shot 72 the first day. It was going to take, it felt like it was going to take three or four over to make the cut. He's at two over. Uh, the vibe was down in the Watson camp. Watson told some of the folks surrounding him, he's like, I'm going to go hit driver 14 times tomorrow. It's going to be make or break on Friday. He had a putt for 62. 62 is the lowest round ever in major championship golf. Brandon Grace shot it. Bubba had a putt for 62 after hitting driver all day. He went into I don't care mode, and I don't care mode worked for Bubba Watson. He shot 63, ties the scoring record at the PGA Championship, puts himself right in the golf tournament, shot 73 yesterday, just shot his worst round of the week. But, yes, uh, I love the names. Uh, when, when you get down to that group tied for seventh, St. Thomas Watson, right? Oh, I'm Sam Burns. Uh, you know, there's Max Homa, Chris Kirk, Webb Simpson. All those guys are in that t- group tied for 10th. That's where your experience is. That's where the bullies are. This is going to be a fascinating leaderboard here, Ollie. It is fascinating. Did you hear the story, speaking of Bubba Watson driving? that he aimed to miss the fairway, I believe, on 15 because he was concerned that he hadn't missed a fairway all day and playing the tough 17 and 18 because 17 was playing a lot longer on Friday, um, pretty easy hole on Saturday, um, intentionally aimed to miss the fairway so they didn't have the pressure of hitting every fairway going to those two holes. I did not hear that. That is a very typical Bubba Watson thought process. I can't think of another player in this field that would have done that. I can't think of another player that I play golf with that would think that way. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know where does that come from? I mean, could you imagine, you know, you and I are playing dogwood, we're out there, and I'm like, man, I got to miss a fairway, man. 18's, that's a, that's a Eagle Bowl par five. I, I got to hit right. that fairway. I got to, I got to miss this one 15 now. Yeah. Let me just, let me just throw it over here in the right rough. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine that. Well, there's somebody that is not on the leaderboard, not going to be playing on Sunday, Tiger Woods. 
Yeah, big story of the week, uh, big story of the night. He withdraws right after the final, right after the third round yesterday. There were some some rumors and buzzes about it earlier in the day uh, because he didn't say he was actually asked, "Hey, are you coming back tomorrow?" Which is a dumb question because he's never withdrawn from a major championship as a professional ever. Yeah, he's coming back. Why would you even ask that? But then he didn't say yes, and we're like, well, hang on a second, it's a pretty good question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, this. Uh, let me just cut to the chase. I know everybody thinks they've got a medical degree here, and some of them actually do, and you know less than I do about this. Let me just cut to the chase. He had 24 hours between his first round and his second round. He had less than 12 hours between his second and his third, and he was going to have less. He was going to have about that same amount of time between third and fourth. It is taking him a lot of time. These are his own words. Uh, a lot of time to you got to go. You got to cool down the one injury. You got to warm up the other one. What he's doing to help that right foot hurts his back. You're going to ice the foot. That causes the back to seize up. You got to get the back loosened up. You got to be careful not to overexert the foot. So, as you think about a pitcher, a pitcher needs a couple of days worth of rest. Well, he got it between the first round and the second round. He got 24 hours worth of rest. All of a sudden, between the second and the third, you only got 12 hours worth of rest. And that's not enough. Foot wasn't ready. He's going to battle this for a while. It'll be better the next time we see him. But I don't know when the next time we see him is going to be. It's also 40 degrees right now, Ollie. Yeah. I was going to ask you about 40. your wardrobe. No. It's 40. <laughs> did you call up the apparel sponsor and have to get some uh, some pullovers for the weekend? I did not. I went and shook hands with him. And uh, he handed me one. Thank goodness. <laughs> so he was prepared. I am a proud Bobby Jones ambassador. I wore a nice little Bobby Jones sweater on the plane because that's what you do. It's a plane, but I didn't, you know, that thing was just going to stay in the car. Then we see the temperature doesn't get out of the 50s yesterday. It's starting in the 40s right now. I went over and saw Brian Bohr from Bobby Jones and Sun Ice. I saw him in the merchandise tent. And I said, Brian, I'm either going to Walmart or I'm going to get one of these right here. He said, here it is. Just put this on right now. There you go. <laughs> Well, here's my take on the Tiger Woods. I'll close it out with this. If you did not appreciate the type of champion that Tiger Woods is, watch Friday's round. Because the grinding that he went through and the obvious pain that he was enduring to go ahead and make the cut, um, that was some of the most courageous golf down the stretch that I've seen in a very long time. And that's why Tiger Woods is a champ. Exactly. Well said, Ollie. Well said, Coach. When we come back, the executive director of the Georgia PGA is going to join us uh, because this is the PGA Championship. Uh, we will talk about all the other rest of news of the week. I am here in Southern Hills right now, Tulsa, Oklahoma. It is in the 40s. It's going to get up uh, to the 60, you know, 65, 70 range by the time we get done today, but it was 90-something earlier this week. This is a weird weather town. I don't understand it. But I've enjoyed it. Scott Geary joins us next. PGA Championship Sunday morning on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. And now it's time for Who's Driving? Brought to you by Ray Judice. If you're facing DUI charges, you need a DUI lawyer who will step up to the T for you. Call Ray Cell at 404-964-4185 to schedule an appointment. Scary story. About who's driving. It's always Bryson or Tiger, Tiger or Bryson. We're going to get to Bryson later. In this case, it's John Rahm. John Rahm hitting a tee shot Thursday. I believe it was the 10th hole. Doesn't matter. 
We actually called the shot live. Mark Carnivale was walking with the group. As the ball comes down, he tells us that ball just hit ESPN Sage Steel, and it looked like it hit her somewhere around the head. Well, it actually hit her somewhere on the face. It kicked all the way back into the fairway. This is scary stuff. I don't know if, I mean, I know he called four. There were plenty of people ducking. I don't know if Sage just didn't hear it, didn't see it. Uh, it's possible she turned and looked for it. That's a natural thing to do, but you don't want to do it. Uh, it drew blood. She had to leave the golf course. She actually had to. She she hasn't done any ESPN work since then. And uh, scary stuff, Ali. As Sage was struck by a golf shot out on the golf course. Yeah, very scary. I think Cam Smith actually hit another player as well. The next day, <laughs> Cam Smith hit a tee shot wide right. And he hits Aaron Wise on the head. So uh, that, and if, uh, here's the weird thing about that. Uh, everybody knew it in Aaron's group. Aaron's group never told Cam. Cam finished round without knowing that he had hit Aaron Wise. And the thought was, hey, we're not going to tell him. We're not going to shake him up. He didn't mean to do it. Uh, just, you know, went way over here. They called four and Aaron Wise, just at wrong place, wrong time. And it and it clocked him, and they didn't want to shake up Cam Smith about it. I mean, I'm sure that since then they have they have chatted, but I thought that was a classy move by that entire group. Nobody told Cam Smith he hit another player. Uh, wish Sage Steele all the best. No doubt about that. Yeah, that that is uh, that is scary, and of course the world we live in. It took a long time for anybody to write a story about it. Carney reported it while the ball was still moving. Uh, he watched it, but took a long time to report any story about it. And you'd go try to search Sage Steele. Well, apparently she's suing ESPN, and this has gotten all, uh, there's a whole, it's a mess. You can't find any, it has nothing to do with this. There's all kinds of other stuff going on. And uh, I didn't know about any of that stuff. So Now you do. Now I do, and I sure didn't really want to. Uh, I prefer to focus on the positive things, like the Yamaha Atlanta Open which just finished. This is a PGA championship. 41 sections of the PGA of America represented. They run this game. Those are the folks, the smiling faces behind the counters, the men and women who run this game. And the executive director of our section, the Georgia section, which is the second largest section, but the absolute bestest section, joins us right now, Scott Geary. Scott, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing great, BK and Ali. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being here. What does PGA Championship Week mean to you guys? I know we, we unfortunately, in the Georgia section, we didn't get anybody in the field this year. We, we get folks in the field a lot. Usually it's Tim Weinhardt. <laughs> 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 but uh, we didn't get anybody in the field this week. But uh, still, big week for you guys. What does PGA Championship Week mean for the executive director of a section? Yeah, I think it's, although we didn't have any in the team of 20, we did have seven compete on the national club championship and had our very own Paul Claxton just miss out on, on making it to, to Southern Hills. But it's just an opportunity. You've seen all the commercials that have been going on and what the PGA has done to promote the PGA golf professional. So it's a chance for us to really, you know, relay that message forward and, and just reiterate how important our PGA golf professionals are. We're in a time in the golf industry when, I mean, everybody's playing. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. 
the only downside has been uh, keeping up with, with staffing these facilities at the rate in which play is happening. So um, I think it's a tremendous opportunity for us to share what value a PJ golf professional can bring. Um, we also, I don't know if you knew this, but we sent a team to the Secretary's Cup um, preceding the, the PGA Championship there in Tulsa. So um, we had our, our Georgia team there with four veterans and our lead, PGA lead, Jason Kuiper from Bobby Jones Golf Course, and they, they tied for fourth. So had to give them a quick shout-out. Absolutely. Well done. Um, I have to say, um, in a previous life, marketing – Sponsorship was certainly something that that put a roof over my head. I have to congratulate the PGA organization as a whole in celebrating what you mentioned of the PGA Tour member and the impact they have on the game. It's just been heightened, I think, this week, especially with you know the opportunities for fathers and sons to talk about it, for for players and their coaches to do the interviews. Um, I, I think it's been great. Congratulations! I think you're celebrating the pro. Um, and what he means to the game in a, in a way that is standing out this year as opposed to other years. Yeah, and I got to be honest with you, I was I was scrolling through the leaderboard on the app, and I didn't realize they were doing this. Um, but as you scroll through, it'll actually auto-populate a PGA coach near you. So I was in the office, and I'm scrolling through, and I said, wait a second, Jason Kuyper's not playing in the PGA Championship this week. But, um, you know, on that marketing Point that you mentioned just just you can go and look at the leaderboard right now and find a coach near you if you if this week inspires you to go out and get a lesson so they're doing a great job we love it that can also run people who are doing golf shows trying to look at that leaderboard off incidentally if it puts that person in the top 10 and you happen to be looking at it on a sunday morning and you're thinking that is not exactly where i want to see that name but i digress i'm just you know just in theory scott if somehow that were to have come up ever maybe this morning ever uh but yes it's it's really cool I and mean, i did i, I worked for pga.com for all those years and just good folks doing good work uh you guys are among them this is scott geary the executive director of the georgia pga uh we see Stuart sink's name down there below the auto populated local pga professional uh his name is there he lives at and practices out of tpc sugarloaf Earlier this week, Yamaha Atlanta Open. Could could we see a little uh, little symmetry here? Tell us what happened over there at Echelon. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful tournament. We got great weather. Um, BK, I know you know the longest running golf tournament in the state of Georgia. Uh, first winner was the Bobby Jones. Past <laughs> winners like Davis Love. I mean, the Tim Weinarts of the world that you mentioned. Uh, just an incredible tournament, incredible test of top amateurs in the state against top golf professionals. Um, selfishly, we had a, a PGA associate take the lead and win, uh, Mr. Ted Moon, out of TPC Sugarloaf. Uh, Ted getting his first section victory um, and taking it home. Uh, he was playing a different golf course on that final round, shooting a six under to finish at seven under and take on the title. Um, I think everybody saw it. He was just dialed in from the start and then. A wonderful low am in Brock Hoover, young man who goes to Augusta University. Um, just he 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 stuck it out. We had a we had another am near the top. Actually, the first round leader, uh, R.B. Clyborne, who I don't know if you know his story, but do yourself a favor and Google that man. Uh, walked down to Georgia Tech to play football when they decided they were no longer going to throw the football. 
Um, he, he went and played club volleyball, then played uh, basketball overseas, and all while he was doing that, and then became an NCAA ref all while he was doing that, playing golf, and actually qualified for the USAM at, um, at Oakmont. So we had a tremendous field, tremendous tournament. Echelon was in beautiful shape, and we're, we're excited that PGA Pro won it. We need to probably have RB on because I remember catching pieces of that story. I guess I've never played with him, but lots of people have told me about him, and that sounds like a fascinating guest, Scott. That's somebody we need to we need to have him on here, don't you think? Absolutely. But I got to say, if you have him on, I don't know if he'll fit in the studio. That man is a monster. Yeah. <laughs> well, if, if Brian and I can get in here, he can probably get in here. <laughs> Uh, uh, Scott Geary, our guest, executive director of the Georgia PGA. We talked a little bit about the Yamaha Atlanta Open just finished up there at uh, at Echelon, which was in fantastic shape. Uh, last time I saw Ed Utley was on the crew there with uh, with Jeff Pels running things. I mean, those are just those are just good guys. And I'm glad they uh, they got it done. I see uh, I see lots of great names at the top of that leaderboard. What is next for you guys? You got the state open coming up. You got a lot of great golf, junior golf programs. I know yesterday at the golf course was national. It was actually junior PGA Junior League Day. I know that's cranking up. What all's going on with the section? Yeah, absolutely. You know, traditionally the Atlanta Open, Yamaha Atlanta Open has, has kicked off our tournament season. So we're, we're about to be, just be running week in and week out. Um, we are actually bringing two of our big events to the University of Georgia Golf Course, our Georgia PGA Junior Championship, in which the boys' top finishers, girls' top finishers make it into the Junior PGA Championship. That'll take part of the first part of June. Uh, we'll be returning in July again for the uh, Georgia Women's Open presented by Mizuno Golf um, and actually have an exciting partnership that we're getting ready to announce on that with a um, another female golf tour to bring some more professionals in to, to, to compete. And then, yeah, qualifying for the, the Georgia Open begins early August. Um, late July, early August, we have five qualifying sites. And then we'll be hosting the Georgia Open for four days at Jennings Mill um, up near Athens. Well, Strong stuff. Anytime there's a tournament played at the University of Georgia Golf Course, I smile inside. Not only is Matt Peterson another one of the great guys in the world of golf, actually a Corn Ferry Tour event winner and the head pro up there, but uh, that's the course that I learned how to play golf on. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful facility, and they always welcome the section. They're so gracious. Um, and it, it's it's a beautiful spot, and it'll provide good tests for all of them. Scott, fellow Georgia putting champion, by the way, Scott Geary, he was <laughs> winner of the team competition. Uh, we're excited about that coming up. Uh, that That's later on. That's We'll get to that later on in the summer. Scott, we appreciate your time. Happy PGA Championship Week. It is always great to have you on. Yeah, thank you both so much. And um, for those listening, again, I'm just going to plug it one more time. Uh, if you don't work with a PGA Golf Professional, please do. And if you do work with one, thank them because they're working harder than ever right now to, to keep this great game going. But thank you, Ollie. Thank B BK. Enjoy the coverage. Absolutely. Yeah. Well said. Scott Geary, the executive director of the Georgia PGA uh, it's you look at this game and there are lots of there are lots of different little slices to this pie the pga tour players are the ones that you see the most and then the usga and the rna they write the rules they each have a major championship but when you walk into a golf facility 
anywhere in the world, the first person you see behind that counter almost assuredly is a PGA professional. They are the people who have their hands on this business. They are the, your first person that you get in, involved with. They can teach you the game. They know the rules. They can all play. They, it's the largest sports organization in the world, and uh, over 28,000 strong here in this country. That's that's a great group right there, and this is their major championship this week. That's why this is a major. There are folks wondering why. That's why. I don't even know if that's a good enough explanation, but that's why. No, no, I think you captured it really well, um, and I think it's fascinating when you look at the leaderboard. Obviously, you know there is a PGA professional behind everybody on this leaderboard, whether it was the first person they took lessons from. Or in a couple of cases, you know, your father was a PGA member. Uh, Cameron Young, who we haven't talked about, had one of the best putting days yesterday. How cool a story would that be if he gets to hoist the Wanamaker Trophy with his dad beside him, who's the the teaching professional at uh, Sleepy Hollow, I believe? Uh, I didn't even know that. So there. (laughs) That would be cool. Cam Young, by the way, hits it forever. And he's got the old J.B. Holmes half half backswing, too. He just kind of takes it straight up to the top. Well, he's got that Bob just, Murphy pause up there, too. He just yeah, lets just, it settle and then kills it. Yeah, from there, it's on. He is four shots back. Mito Pereira from Santiago, Chile, is your leader by three shots. Is that enough? We will talk about that. Plus, we'll talk about somebody that did not start, did not play, did not participate in the PGA Championship, thusly losing my partner a bet. Well, we, we, that is up for adjudication at this point. Come on now. Adjudication. Coming up next on a Sunday morning on The Fan, 680 at 93.7 FM. Welcome back to The Golf Show, your Sunday morning tea time with Brian Katrick and Ali Dean. This is Atlanta's Golf Station, The Fan. All right, we wind things down here with Mito Pereira in the lead. We talked a little bit about Tiger withdrawing. First time as a professional he's ever withdrawn from a major championship. Not enough time to recover in between rounds. Uh, that's actually why he didn't play well yesterday. Also, it got cold. He didn't have time to recover. It's colder today, and he was going to have also not enough time to recover. Uh, he's not he's not where he wants to be. But uh, Tiger out of the field. That one, that much we know. It is time now for uh, the golf show court. <laughs> and we're going to need the honorable Judge Derek Thomas to preside over a little dilemma that Ali Dean and I have uh, between ourselves here. All right, all right, Derek, let me preface this. So, BK and Are I... Gonna, it's your honor. Your honor. Sorry, yes. Sorry, uh, sorry. Your honor. Let me apologize yes, for my opponent yes. here. Yes. Uh, are, are you... The Omaha State's delivery will be to your house <laughs> later this afternoon, Derek. Uh, Mr. Trotta. Mr. Trotta. <laughs> are you... Ali, are you making your opening statement yes, here? Yes, I'll make my opening All right. statement. All right. All right. We, we just real quick, we were going to preface this, your honor, if, if you would, your honor. Um, <laughs> well, if you would be quiet, uh, then I could get to it. Ali and I have a wager on whether... We had a wager, and it's a lunch, on whether... Bryson DeChambeau would play in the PGA Championship or not? No, the bet was I said Bryson DeChambeau would play at Southern Hills. And he assuredly did play two practice (laughs) rounds at Southern Hills. So he was there the week of the championship. Did Tiger Woods play in the PGA Championship? Of course he did. He withdrew today simply because he didn't finish. Doesn't mean that he wasn't there. 
Bryson DeChambeau was there. So, Derek, the bet was I said Bryson DeChambeau would play at Southern Hills, and he did. Brian is trying to make some sort of technicality <laughs> out of the fact that because he didn't tee off on Thursday and decided Wednesday that he couldn't play, that somehow he wins this bet. It's it's ridiculous. Brian Mass, do you remember the exact wording of the bet? Uh, Your Honor, please, the court... Uh, Your Excellency, this is ridiculous. (laughs) I'm looking at the leaderboard. There are 156 players that started. All of their names are on this leaderboard. Bryson DeChambeau's name is not on this leaderboard. Uh, the, uh, The defense suggested that Mr. DeChambeau played two practice rounds. He doesn't know how many holes Mr. DeChambeau played because there's no official record of it. He didn't start. Okay, will you you stipulate that Bryson DeChambeau (laughs) played at least one or two holes of a practice round at Southern Hills? Would you you allow that? Your Honor, the people don't have that burden of proof upon them. The leaderboard is all the evidence we need. His name is not on it. He did not one did did not hit one competitive shot. The well, record very clearly shows that. Coming from a guy who was confused by the PGA Championship leaderboard earlier today, I am not sure that the leaderboard should be considered Objection. credible evidence. Objection! That was a digitally populated tool that the PGA of America is using in order to drum up business. Well, I'm Overall. just saying you might be so confused. <laughs> <laughs> you can't read whose names are on the leaderboard. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, the, my, my, my side rests. He's not on I, I, the leaderboard. I rest as well. All right. Judge Thomas, we need you here. Who, who wins the bet? First, I'd like to commend you both on making excellent, well, well-thought-out <laughs> arguments. Thank you, Joanna. Mr. And... Gambini. <laughs> this is extremely difficult for this court. Um... While Mr. DeChambeau did arrive on the property. And play. And may or may not well, have played. Definitely played. I've got citations. Uh, <laughs> you this, court, this court must rule in favor of Mr. Kachuk uh, as, uh, as, as the, the uh, player in question failed to enter the tournament. Uh, we did enter the tournament. I, I well, appeal. He, I'm taking this to the opponent. Uh, he, he failed. Where's, where's Chris Domino? Get him in here now. This is a this is an outrage. This is a miscarriage of justice. The court rests. I this, refuse to play these mozzarella sticks to I this man. I find you in contempt, Mr. Domino. Uh, I find you in contempt. <laughs> no, it's mozzarella sticks and curly fries. Uh, you're getting a slider. I, I will. I do appreciate Ollie. Uh, yes, the wording. Did he play at a... Uh, He's going to play at Southern Hills. If if you said Southern Hills and not the PGA Championship, we could drag this out. But the intent was clear. Bryson did I not plan play. I on bringing up the Zabruder tape at our next uh, <laughs> we'll, appeal. We'll dive in. All right, uh, congratulations. Your Honor, well done. Whatever. Th- thank you, Derek Thomas. Well done. We did not tell him what he was going to have to rule on, by the way. No, we did not. We did <laughs> he not. was not really prepared, but he handled it very well. It might have been a stretch to go with the semantic. He played at Southern Hills. <laughs> he played. <laughs> it might have, been, might have been a bridge too far to cross. How about oh, well. this? He intent. He's in the field now. Again, some of this is just formalities, but he's in the field next week. Wouldn't it be odd if you got here? You played a couple of, uh, you know, you, you played, you practiced for a couple days. You tried. You played some practice rounds, and you feel like. By the way, Wednesday, uh, Keith Van Valkenburg from uh, from ESPN reported when he walked with Tiger. John Cook was walking with Tiger. 
Uh, we had guys that were, or not Tiger, with, with Bryson. He comes off the golf course, and the whole world thought he was going to play. So literally uh, three minutes before it was announced that he wasn't going to play, Sports Illustrated released an article saying, Bryson's ready for tomorrow. I was all giddy. Yes. I was about to call you, with, and then I got your... LOL text, and I knew what had happened. Yes. Yeah, Sports Illustrated and ESPN, I think, both reported that he was in. Three minutes before. Well, that's a then gnarly I'll... That's a gnarly little scar he's got working. And I, mean, I know the scar is not the worst part, but, I mean, I wouldn't think he'd be ready to compete in a major championship. Well, I'm no doctor, but I've had this particular surgery. It, it's, okay. it's, it's not bad. I mean, I thought so there was you, a good chance that he could play. So obviously. you can handle it. You handled it well. Bryson has not handled it well. I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> I'm saying, I don't know, he swings the club a little harder than I was, but I, I might have had to try and tee it up. Well, that goes back to our point. This is all catching up to Bryson, but anyways. Yeah, and I think it, you start to catch some of the offshoots of this too, right? One, one of the reasons why Tiger Tiger's rounds weren't great was, you know, the weather and the foot and the back. But it's also because because of all those things he hasn't practiced. He wasn't sharp. Bryson had an injury. He hasn't practiced. He wasn't sharp. What about Phil? Well, I don't know what else is going on, but somewhere on the list of reasons why Phil isn't here is he hasn't practiced and he wasn't sharp. And these guys are here to win money. They're here to win a golf tournament. And if they can't do it, then maybe they're not going to try. It's interesting to me that Bryson is in the field next week. We'll see if he plays at Colonial, which is a tiny little ballpark park that has never suited his skill set. <laughs> but, hey, let's see what he does. Can't wait. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, um, I, I, uh, just to be clear, I'm pretty sure that reason for Phil is pretty low on the list. I think there's still I think it, it is. I would, <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. There's probably some other stuff, I heard, but it's on there. I heard Phil's got the uh, beard and mustache going and while, while in exile. Yeah, I refuse to cite a New York Post article from his mother, so <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going there. When we started it's, to interview players' mothers to find out how they're doing, that's uh, I'm not going there. Yeah, yeah, that that's... That's terrible. And it uses the term exile. Yeah, that's yeah. rough. Well, I use that Ta term. I don't remember that. But yeah. It was in the article. Well, let me ask uh, you this. You're announcing today. What storyline are you following this championship Sunday at the PGA? Well, we're going to have to follow them all. I mean, you got the first six names all looking for the first major championship. This is kind of the turning of the page. Is this the youth movement? We have talked for years about the depth of the game. We had we had the entire Tiger era. You could call it the Tiger-Phil era that was dominated by a couple of superstars. One clear superstar. Well, we are, we are now in the age where all the kids think they can be that guy. And here's six of them lined up at the top of this leaderboard, all under 30. All of them looking for their first major. A couple of them have tour wins. Is it going to be one of their days? Or is the moment going to swallow all six of them up? And is somebody else going to come out of the pack here? Any of the three major championships, champion winner, champions at two under. That's what I'm going to be watching. So, which means we've got to look at a lot of places. It's going to be fascinating for a while. I agree with that. Minus nine is the lead. How far down the leaderboard do we go for a chance to win? Well, I think the twos are definitely in play. And I don't know that I would ever say seven shots back. John Vandeveld lost to a guy that was, was ten back. But he didn't have a 10-shot lead. Sean Vandeveld's here, by the way. <laughs> he is here doing French TV. Corner of the property at Southern Hills, there's a quick-trip gas station. 
and it's one that you can only really get to. I mean, it's right there on the road, but, you know, we're going to get to the, the entrance, which is right around the corner. you got to have a parking pass. I go in there to get a sandwich the other day. Jean Vandevelde is in there buying refreshments for his TV crew. That's how cool a dude that is. Did he choke on it? Oh, Easy. No. Easy. Don't be like Come that. On. Don't take the low-hanging fruit. I don't think the ones can get there, Ollie. I think it's uh, it's twos or better, which means we've got uh, nine players with a real chance. Yep, I, agree. I can't wait. I think the twos are in, the ones, it's just it's too far. Mita's got to drop, and a lot of people have to. Yep. We'll find out. It, Fascinating stuff. It, Enjoy the PGA Championship, everybody. Have a great Sunday morning. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Hey, Atlanta, Hudson Mason here. Is a new roof still on your to-do list, but you've been delayed due to rising home service costs? Well, here's a fantastic solution from Accent Roofing Service. Zero down, zero payments, and zero interest for a full year. That's right. You can get your new roof now and start paying next year. Act quickly because Accent's incredible offer of zero, zero, zero with a 12-month deferred payment option for a lifetime roof system isn't going to last long. Contact the craftsman at Accent Roofing Service today, accentroofingservice.com. 